Great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and cocktails. Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, to Debriefing and Cocktails. I'm your host, Reed Walker, and with me once again, as always, is the tried and true Sergio Lugo II. Sergio, how are Hi. you? Hi. Mm. I'm, I'm exhausted. Oh, I bet you are. Uh, we, 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 me and you had a big day. I had an even bigger day. We, we were at the, the Mississippi Comic Con recording panels uh, and, and just did. We we were we were dancing monkeys today, people. Oh, you you definitely were. You just you couldn't you couldn't win the first half of the day. It sounds like. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I put yeah. I put more miles on my feet today than I than I have in a long time. So. <laughs> well, in in service to that, actually, something I wanted to say earlier at the podcast or at the the panel, in regards to that and our tenth ten year anniversary podcast i wanted to take a moment and really thank you and it i did, the moment just didn't come up today and we you know when we got told how much time we left had left there's just a few minutes wanted to thank you specifically sergio for making this podcast happen and keeping it going for 10 years i don't know if if i've said that or if anybody else has really said that to you but don't let anybody else fool you if you're insecure about it or not confident you're a hundred percent why we've made it to ten years with this shit. So thank you very much for wanting to having the continued desire to, hey, I want to talk to people today and record it. <laughs> and I'll do the editing too. Why not? You know, so thank you so much for giving us all this opportunity and platform to have fun with and and talk about all the bullshit. Well, you, you're you're welcome, and, and thank you. Like, I I really enjoy doing it, and it it gives me a reason to talk to your your ass. Mm. You know, because mm-hmm. it's not like we we never talk on the phone and otherwise, right? No, 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 no. This is just more formal, so we we need the formality, I suppose. But it's, yeah, yeah, ten years has been fun, and uh, I, I I hope it goes for another ten years. If we are so lucky, so so thank you all for taking a second, letting me say that and listening to that. Give the give the good old slow golf clap to Mr. Lugo if you have a moment. And otherwise, we're just going to go ahead and move on in to the movie of the week, Die Another Day, with Pierce Brosnan and Halle Berry. I lost her name for just a second there, but Halle <laughs> Berry. Yeah. I think those are the main two, right? There's not was the uh Frost or the villain, were they known actors? I wouldn't say in like she's she's not on the poster, I don't believe, but her name was uh no, she's Ro- not. Rosamund Pike. That name sounds familiar. But Rosam- I def- Rosamund? Rosamund. No, I I don't know. She she is on I think she's on the poster, but it's not like not like a major point. 
Mm, yeah, she, I think she is on here in the bottom right. But she's just, you know, small, faded, somewhat image, whereas Brosnan and Halle Berry, they're they're very much there. Yeah, she ain't Halle Berry. She, she ain't Halle Berry. Oh, no. Well, Sergio, do you want to lead off on on the analysis of this or do you want or do you want me to? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the lead or I'll at least give my opinions first. Uh, I had been told Dying of the Day was horrible. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I had been told it was like the worst of the worst or it was Pierce Brosnan. The reason mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan walked away that may be a, an overstatement, but uh, it wasn't as bad as I figured it would be. I, I agree. I think I was part of that crowd telling you, like, God, it's awful. Just you're going to hate it. Just wait. Just you wait. You think from Russell with love is bad. You just wait. Die another day is coming, baby. <laughs> yeah. Like there was it almost felt like a Batman movie to me. Mm. Specifically, like like Schumacher, and like no. a Schumacher Batman movie. I can maybe maybe see that you might have to sell me more on that, but I I can at least swing that way for now. Like the, like the bad guys were were very comic booky. The just I don't know there was a, there was a, there was a charm to it that I didn't I didn't expect. Uh, and and Halle Berry was a fucking amazing. There there kind of is I, I can go with that if you if you frame it that way with the charm because. You know, we've talked about a lot in the tropes or just characteristics of these movies being the puns, the the one-liners, the zingers, the the whatevers, right? And yeah. and this movie plays them. Yep. Really uses them, but it's almost to a point where you think it's being silly or it's being self-referential I th- or, I, or self-aware, uh, rather. Self-aware. That's a great way to put it. This This movie feels self-aware. Mm-hmm. In a way that the other, uh, the, the other Brosnan Bond movies don't feel. Mm-hmm. I can so I can I can kind of go with that. I yeah. I really can see where you're talking about saying it's kind of a Schumachery Batmany film. Yeah, like there's a camp to it. You know, everything is a little bit like through the lens of the fantastic. Mm, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, like it's. I, I'm going to stop short of saying that I really, really enjoyed it, but I, I'm sure that had I seen it in 2002, I'd have been like, man, that movie was dope. <laughs> oh, you, you would have said it was dope in 2002. Probably. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no. The, the idiot 20 or the idiot 19 year old Sergio or however the fuck old I was in 2002. Like, yeah, I would have dug this movie real hard. Oh, man. I could see that, given given some of your filmography that you like so much. I, I could see you enjoying this to a nth degree. I, I I do have better feelings about it than I remember having, but I still don't like it. <laughs> and 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 there's just stuff in it that's just anno- that's dumb or poor. And I don't even mean so much to say as as give a little spoiler for it of my opinion of it. Fast Nine's out of this world nonsense that's in that movie. This right. movie has some of that, but not to an nth degree. And I'm more put off by, you know, I never, I learned some stuff in my fi- intro to film class. <laughs> I don't know if it's cinematography or what it is, 
the slow-mo and speed-up stuff in this movie is off-putting, and I do not like it at mm. all. Okay. I, I, I guess Zack Snyder hadn't made 300 yet. So we were, <laughs> no, this was pre 300. <laughs> we're in the dark ages of slow-mo action scenes or slow-mo moments. Cause there's a couple of these moments when they slow down and this is what just gets me or takes me out of it where it's the slow motion where you have like the, I'll call it an after image of the, of the character or an after image of whatever they're shooting. Mm-hmm. this fading image of the person as it's slow-mo and it just it just really sucks it out of me and i just don't i'm like what why why are you slowing this down i mean to, the character like di- to what? emphasize man you do it for emphasis emphasizing what the action <sighs> well whatever Zack snyder does it better i guess eventually no he Zack figured- snyder does it more <laughs> he definitely does it more but it still looks better it doesn't just nails on a chalkboard to me to some degree. And and I feel like they just use it a little too much. I think that's really what bothered me there. I get it. There's going to be moments and I could just overlook it. But yeah. I think there's four or five or six slow-mo points. And I was like, what, why, why is this like that? And then the weird, and I, this might only have been once now that I kind of think about it, but then they have like these weird speed up moments and I don't understand why. There, there's some part when he's going to Iceland yeah. and it starts with a wide, I guess, a wide shot of Iceland, snowy ice everywhere. Then it speeds up the footage to move to Bond on a road driving. Like, what? Why didn't you just start closer? It's, it's an establishing shot, Reed. Yeah, but I don't feel like this whole speed up thing is. I don't see why you need to do that. It's it's it's. It's one of those things that if you if you don't like it, there's no way for me to explain explain it in a way that will make you like it. It's just it's it's just a choice, just an aesthetic choice. All right, well that's fair. It's just a choice. Some people like it. I'm not a fan of it. It kind of it it always stands out to me. It doesn't help improve anything. And I, I, I won't say that in every movie, but at least in this movie, it didn't help. It didn't make anything better to me, and it's just kind of annoying. Wow. See, I it didn't bother me at all, at all. Yeah, the the speed up thing's not that really not that serious. No. It was the slow mos that really were a little more off putting, just because that was in there a little more than than I would like. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Fucking space laser. Space laser, man. I don't know how I feel about that at all. I I can't tell if I'm so sick of prolonged kill the good guy scenes and nothing actually comes of that or i just think space lasers are dumb space lasers are fucking cool reed i'll kind of give you that it's like aesthetically it's kind of cool i am kind of with it in that way but like the in the sense of the narrative it feels i i feel like i just don't care and it doesn't Mm -hmm. it's visually impressive but it's practically it means nothing yeah yeah, like I I love the idea of we're going to just harness the the energy from the sun and turn it into a weapon like that. That's a real like high octane science fiction villain move, you know? Sure. I, I kind of see that being 
a plot point in a movie and it being cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I like obviously I, I'm not saying what they did here was absolutely perfect, but it, it's 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 just re- it it almost reminded me of. Uh, do you remember in like early on the Simpsons when uh when oh, Mr. Burns, Burns to block out, out the, sun? the sun? Yeah, uh-huh. it's just like like pure evil villainy. You know, I'm I'm with what you just said. What Burns did felt like villainy. He felt like a bad guy. And this just cemented him as an evil bad guy. This movie, however, on the other hand, unless I just really didn't understand it, and maybe I didn't, (laughs) it never felt that way. He never just felt like a bad guy, and this just cements him as evil bad guy. Because I have Space Laser. And maybe that's a difference because they, you know, the Simpsons took their time to make Mr. Burns into that eventually. Yeah, I, Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about let's talk about the the bad guy like changing I, his face using DNA. I didn't fucking get any of that at all. I I didn't I just didn't understand it. I I don't know why he did it exactly. Like was he hiding from someone? And if he was, and he becomes Gustav Graves, <laughs> has he been Gustav Graves for years? Because the he has like paparazzi and all this stuff, and he has this whole conglomerate or, or corporation, the GG Diamonds and all that. So, did, did this guy like Andy Dufresne the system where he made up a person and then finally became the person through DNA facial chain? Like, who is Gustav Graves? Is he a person? Has he been a person? Uh, I think he would have to be a person because you have to have some sort of dna to pull from right right so has he been has he just been this asian dude the whole time prior to us seeing him no no because we saw him at the beginning beginning of the movie as an asian dude and then bond was in captivity for what 18 months something like that i i i couldn't remember yeah so so over the course of about two years he transformed into a white dude and and I guess that is it. They do kind of mention it later where Graves all of a sudden became rich. Right? Like he he had nothing and got everything in a very short span of time. So maybe that is it. Maybe maybe that was it. Yeah. Maybe the guy as Asian guy was kind of funding or doing certain things and then became Gustav Graves and yeah. the movie happens, I guess. It's so okay that 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 adds up, but I'm kind of I'm kind of down for it either way, even if that didn't make that much sense to me. Oh, I'm, I'm not I'm like kind of with it. It was real dumb. It was real dumb, and it mm-hmm. it was superbly unnecessary. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely that that's a good point. I didn't really consider that at all. Did like, he have to do it? Yeah. I, uh, well, like the plot didn't need it. And and what so when you say that what's the, what is the plot? Get space laser satellite and use it. Yeah. Is that it? Okay. Yes. Like they wrote <laughs> in this this science fiction subplot line so they could change the face of the bad guy. And it's not a science fiction movie, but like this is the most science fiction that we've seen so far. It's 
I mean, Moonraker, though, maybe. Moonra- Moonraker, yes, but there's a lot of things in this movie that were super sci-fi. Like okay. the invisible car. Yeah. Yeah, the invisible car. You know, the yeah. the, the, the space laser, or which is called Icarus. It's a terrible name. That Who names a project Icarus? Who... Who names it Icarus? I mean, Icarus is a cool name to me. But in a movie, who names a, something Icarus that just is a going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy for you? Yeah. Icarus flew through too close to the sun and died. Why would yeah. you name your thing that? Yeah, it's not like a positive thing. <laughs> it's a cool name. But yeah, the, the character and all isn't. Yeah, yeah. It... it, it there's just so much science fiction in, in, in like the past few that we've watched. And, and I'm like, are these spy movies or are these science fiction movies? You know what? Maybe that's a good point. Maybe that's a good thing to call out because that might be some underlying subconscious and I don't really know it sort of thing where this movie doesn't feel part of it feels like a Bond movie and it's perfectly fine. Like really, honestly, a lot of this movie half two-thirds of this movie is fine actually yeah but then when they introduce space laser it's just kind of fucked for me (laughs) and not not even like i'm going to create it so i can have it and do things with it right no i have it and i'm gonna space laser a, a good chunk of time before i die that that's not wild ambition. That's I have the thing and I'm going and I'm using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the governments of the world must, you know, if it's the former of the two, the governments in the world must stop him. All right, I'm with that. If it's the latter, the fuck are they gonna do? Like like they were definitely done if Bond wasn't Deus Ex Bond <laughs> in this shit. <laughs> like the governments were done. That's true. Like, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly speaking, you take Halle Berry out of this movie mm-hmm. and it becomes like a bottom shelf fucking double of like Bond movie, in my opinion. She was fantastic the entire, the entire time. I'm not saying she isn't fine in the movie and, and, and all, but like, what is she? bring to it that really changes the movie and makes it better for you. She handles her well during the action sequences really, really well. She <clears throat> is, and you know how much I don't like this word. She is the badass bond girl that every bond girl wants to be. Yeah, she does do all right for, for most of that. I, I hate, you know, the takeaway for that is, she gets locked in that ice hotel room and basically does nothing <laughs> That's true. for that whole portion. And well, up, up until that part part, she was upstaging fucking D- James Bond. She was, she was cool. Like in the clinic and everything like it, she was, she was a good action character, you know, even though fucking water and stuff doesn't affect her the same, I guess. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't help it. I'm I'm sorry for this one a little bit. When she back 
dives into the water off the cliff after the clinic's blowing up, and she's not street pizza. It's so annoying. <laughs> I can't help but notice it now. Because that's such a long drop from where she was, or at least it looked like. And I was like, you can't live through that. I don't think. Oh, no. No, definitely not. But she is good. She she is definitely good. I, I did hear from a another Bond source, one Jordan Hillhouse, he had an interesting one interesting point that I liked where so when Bond's looking at Halle Berry come out of the water through the binoculars, uh-huh. That's sort of or or if it isn't, actually is a homage or a or a redo of Dr. No and the girl coming out of the water in that and her name escapes me in this moment. I, I don't he he commented saying that that wasn't that that the movie was just, you know, taking liberties or, or just trying to recreate a scene. And to him, it didn't work. Whereas in, say, Casino Royale, when Daniel Craig comes out of the water, similar to her, he does. It, it is a good homage. And I thought, OK, I can kind of. I can maybe go with that. I, I don't care one way or the other that much. Like the movie's not good enough for the homages to matter. Maybe that's it. Maybe even if it is an homage, even if that was the intent, the movie's not good enough to matter for it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's it. Um. Yeah. Like th- th- this, this one is going to stand out as the one with all the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that hotel, was it just made of ice? I think so. I don't really remember because that hotel was real dumb to me. All right. Full disclosure. It is kind of cool. No pun intended. It looks cool. <laughs> Some Hall of Justice ass looking ice hotel. I, I'm kind of with it. It's kind of dope to me. But on the other hand, I really think that's so dumb and doesn't make sense to me. And just no. Yeah, maybe that's why it feels like a Batman movie to me is because that's basically just Mr. Freeze's hideout, right? Sure. There you go. Even an, another great subconscious sub thing that I couldn't really think of. It just looks cheesy and terrible and does not belong in a Bond movie. Yeah. It's just literally Ice Castle, Ice Hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at th- at this point in 2002, <clears throat> we already had how many uh how many Austin Powers movies? At least two, right? At least one for sure. I think two. I don't remember. Because I th- I think two of them came out while I was in high school, and this movie right. came out after I graduated. Right. I I don't know. I don't I. Man, there is a series after after watching all these. I'd be interested to watch those now. Uh, okay. Austin Powers. Let's see. Spy Who Shagged Me was in ninety was ninety nine. International Man of Mystery was ninety seven. And Goldmember came out this same year, two thousand two. Mm. So. I, mm-hmm. Were they trying to combat the uh, <laughs> the you know the the parody that was blowing up in theaters, or were they like like turning into the skid by, by saying, Oh, well, if you're going to make fun of us, then we're going to make a movie that l- leverages all of the shit that you're making fun of. I don't know, man. Cause, cause, cause it really did feel like 
as, as we said up front, self-aware. Like they're they're aware that people think this shit is a joke now. Maybe I, I would really I wish I was I wish I found more time to do a little more research into the movie <clears throat> and its production or its the tone and all, any little things like that. Um, I'll tell you what I don't think did well at the time and I don't think aged well was the parasailing scene. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, that's the scene that I always remember as being like, this is the red flag of this being garbage, whether the rest of it actually is or not. But just that scene playing out. And I'm like, this is not good. That's that's just not good. You you, you know, so every time we do one of these, we watch it. We we're like, ah, oh, remember back in 1987 when this was cool in 2005 yeah. when this was cool. Well, in this one, about, it was. Yeah. It was parasailing and it was hovercrafts. Bro, you say that they showed a hovercraft, didn't they? No, they, the entire opening sequence was hovercrafts. Was it? Yeah. Were they really doing shit though, or were they just there? It, let's see. I, I, from from Wikipedia, Moon attempts to kill Bond, and a hovercraft chase ensues. And who's Moon? Is that the main? Is that the bad guy? Asian form? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at the, in in the beginning, before Bond was captured. Uh huh. Oh yeah, it, man. Yeah, I yeah. Like hovercrafts are stupid as shit. They really, really are. You know, you, you say this, and I think with this movie, whatever was cool, it's just all this super gadgetry science fictiony sort of crap like they they have the laser fight while <laughs> while jinx is captured <laughs> the laser fight's so stupid <laughs> it's so dumb it's really dumb and oh I, I had it too and then they have the the ar glasses mm-hmm. for the field training that bond uses and then money penny uses at the end yeah. Like, yeah, yeah th- this and then Graves has the the shocker gloves and the suit. Yep. The, the 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 Bond had the what was it? One of his gadgets was uh, the uh the, the ring, sonic the sonic ring. The yeah. sonic ring. Uh that's a fun pun. It's the sonic ring. Mhm. Like for I, sonic, sonic Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic indeed. The Hedgehog. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, you're his gadgets have always kind of flirted with science fiction in this one. They're just straight up ridiculous. Well, his and, and everyone else's really is what I'm pointing at. Not just him. I actually think that ring is kind of on point. Like, I, I'm actually kind of OK with the ring of all the things in this movie. I don't know if it actually makes sense in functionality use or not, but kind of like this. This quiet item that he has that can get him out of niche situations. Not and not even well, I say niche, but not even crazy niche, but just these unique situations. Like him using it on the windshield of the car to get out to get jinx. I was like, that's a good use. I like that use. <laughs> he uses car to get in building. He needs the quickest route out or he can't get out otherwise, whatever it was. Use sonic ring, get out through windshield. 
he's trapped by the bad guys in a room that, uh, to be fair, conveniently, conveniently has glass floor. Because <laughs> if it was concrete, he was fucked. Yeah. Or anything yeah. else. But, you know, I'm cool with that. I like that he uses that's a neat way for it to get used, even if it's contrived some. Uh, I like that Bond, and I really have the front half of this movie almost feels like a different movie versus the back half or back third. Yeah. Because Bond knocks the guy out that he saw at the Cuba. Was it Cuba that he was in? We'll say it was Cuba where he met Jinx the first time. I believe so, yes. He's in Cuba and knocks out the other English guy or Irish guy or American, whatever he was, puts him in a wheelchair, infiltrates the clinic, Columbia. I think he was in Columbia. No, anyway, it, was, it was Havana, Cuba. Havana, okay. Havana, okay. Anyway, he knocks out the guy, puts him in a wheelchair to disguise himself, basically to give himself cover, to get into the clinic. Then when he gets in the clinic, he creates a diversion with that guy in the wheelchair and goes around everybody. So so you're telling me the parts of the James Bond movie where he actually is doing spy work are mm-hmm. weird? No, I like them. Okay, okay. All right, well, all right. I'm with them. Like, like I was saying, the, front, the first half or so or whatever of this movie feels different from the rest. Everything I just described feels like a James Bond slash spy movie and I'm and I'd and I'm cool with it. Okay. Well, I'd argue that it doesn't feel like a James Bond movie, but it does feel like a spy movie. Sure. And and that's fine. But yeah, that back half just kind of gets me. And the electrical gauntlet is dumb cuz I think they said it's a it's 100,000 volts, whatever that actually translates to. Yep. And I don't I just wish I understood science more or less. I'm not sure which. Less. Less is the answer to that. Okay. (laughs) The only way to enjoy movies is to understand it less. Probably. Uh, There there was one other part. Oh, okay. Definitively, I'm done. And we'll move on to the next section. Definitively, I'm done with, for the moment, I'm going to call them prolonged deaths of characters or prolonged supposed death of character uh-huh right they have jinx captured handcuffed to something and they want to kill her they have guns and say nah fuck that we're gonna use a laser because that's fucking cool and i'm with that <laughs> if i had a choice between killing a person with a gun and a laser and i had to kill them like i'm probably gonna do it with the laser why the fuck do you goldfinger her? Why do you set the laser two feet to the fucking left? Just put it at her face. Stop. <laughs> Stop doing this shit. That's I hate that writing. I hate it so much. That's it's so funny that you're that makes you so angry. It's it's such a staple though. It you're right, it is. And and I'm just gonna be forever at like at least a two in mad when I'm watching a movie from now on. At minimum. And it, it I don't know, man. It it just really does just irk me. I can get over it for sure enough. It it's just one of those things I can't help but notice and it and it makes me kind of think about like, is this this is bad writing, isn't it? That's gotta be what this is. You couldn't 
think of some other shit. You want to create this bitch false ass tension. So let's put the laser two feet to the left and turn it on because Halle Berry's going to die. Mm, I don't think so. Like you can't just you can't have it your way. Like if you had if you have it your way, you have to have a bunch of movies where the villains have no uh, have no guns. Sometimes, look, look, I'm fine with them not hitting every ranged shot, right? Like character doesn't even know someone has a gun on them, their backs to them, whatever, and the people start firing at the person they want to kill. Which, if the person you wanted to kill didn't know you were gonna didn't know you were there to shoot them you should just have them dead but you know what fucking movie has to movie so that's fine no you're you're not allowed to say movie has to movie and then bitch about these things well the movie has to let some of these things slide there does have to be that break and i'm cool with that what i'm not cool with is i am bad guy and i have gun in hand you are good guy and will get in way i'll give you a five minute head start and not use gun. <laughs> Just rewrite the scene then. There's got to be a better way. Got to be. I believe in you, Hollywood. <sighs> I, Hollywood is, has gotten away with not doing that for so long. It's not going to change. I know. I know it's not. <sighs> and, and, and the James Bond franchise is, is it's especially egregious. Yeah, it is. All right, let's move on. <laughs> well, do you have any f- closing thoughts? Uh, as I said, I I was coming into this movie, I really thought it was going to be a complete shit show. And it's probably the worst of the Brosnan movies. Oh, it's definitely the worst of the Brosnan movies. Not that, and personally speaking, none of the Brosnan movies really did a number on me like sure. golden eye comes the closest but I, I i didn't really like any of them that's and that's fair very fair uh, th- this this one yeah as we've said a few times now like this one is self-aware enough for me to get on board with it just enjoy it Okay. All right. So this is what we're doing. Cool. All right. All right. I, I can watch this <laughs> you know it's it's not like fuck you movie at no point yeah. was I like "fuck you" movie, which I, that's a low bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, so where this is gonna rank, I don't know. I'm I, I'm most excited to rank this one because of how weird my opinion is on it. I could I could go with that. I can see that. Uh, for me, despite a lot of the complaints I've had, this movie really does have some decent stuff going on, and it's not that bad. It is probably the worst of the Bond of the Pierce Brosnan movies to me. And it's almost completely because of that third act really just kind of pushes it down. Once they start using the Icarus laser, like when he's on the ice run, you know, driving away Icarus laser, when he Icarus lasers, the, the hotel, when he lasers, just everything it's all just so ridiculous for me it is it's a little too far for what it was doing and so that drags it down a little bit for me but 
a lot of it's not it's really not that bad. It's not as bad as I remember. Now the part that is kind of interesting to me, and I really want to know your opinion, is the music. The music. Madonna's uh Die Another Day. Mm-hmm. So I guess we have to contextualize this Madonna song. Do it. Uh, so the, Madonna has been through a lot of d- different iterations of her career. You know, she she you know has like she had like a dance period, and then there was you know more of a poppy period, and and this was at the height of Madonna's like almost uh techno dance phase in the early 2000s is is this kind of a resurgence era for her i, I don't know very much about madonna like when when did she come out when was she first getting she, big 80s and she's yeah she started in the 80s as kind of a pop queen uh uh-huh. and then got all serious and and and, and sultry and shit in the 90s mm. and then towards the end of the 90s and early 2000s it was very much club music uh, okay. Yeah, and 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 I, resurgence is probably the right word. Uh, she had a couple of albums that were fucking huge right before this the, the, this uh this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Which, as I said, we have to kind of qualify a few things here. This she was the right person to choose for this era. Like, if you if you're if you're gonna swing for the fucking fences, you get the most popular, most successful person and ask them. To make a Bond song. Yeah. Madonna's the right choice. The song is kind of a banger. Yeah. Coming from the layman music person. I I don't. I don't hate the song by itself. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think it's for this movie though. I think there. There's potential in the song for it to be for this movie. It just the production on it feels way too vanilla. Mm. You know, it 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 feels like she wrote a song called "Die Another Day." Someone heard it and said, "That sounds like a James Bond movie name." Mm. And then they're like, "You think we could get this over to you know MGM?" Because because there there wasn't like the horns, there wasn't the the, the there was no yeah like yeah. A a, re- a remix of this song with some some Bond regalia in there mm-hmm. would would have done a lot of work to make it seem less odd where it was because the song the song as it just as it stands is fucking good but yeah in the movie it didn't make much sense yeah and and tell me if this is the same thing you just said I, I'm just trying to find my my way of thinking about it the lyrics of the song seem fine off the top of my head without looking at them. Mm-hmm. I don't remember disliking a, a verse or a word or whatever. But yeah, it's just that uh, you called it dance techno-y sound that it has. The sound is off or off-putting or doesn't belong in this movie. I'm not and and like the it can be a dance song. And in fact, it needs to be a song that's pretty upbeat. So a dance song would absolutely work. It's mm-hmm. just it's it was it's a dance song that played it way too straight. Mm, you know, okay. if, if, if you're going to do a techno song, like use the James Bond sound effects, I guess. Okay. Like instead of, <laughs> be like, <laughs> 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 
you know, do something <laughs> to tie yeah. it into the movie you're promoting, because otherwise it's just a fucking Madonna song. Yeah. Like, can, do, can you think of, in a very quick manner, can you think of an alternative song that, if this is vanilla, what's not vanilla of the time, or or even now, I guess? Can you think of one really quickly? I Well, I... It's vanilla because it doesn't have any Bond flavor, is what I'm saying. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I can see that kind of a so do it do what they did more or less just put in the horns put in the what whatever right make it a Bond song of some yeah, kind. Exactly. They okay. literally she could have made the exact same song and used different instruments. Uh-huh. In the in the dance mix, and it would have fit way much, way much better, way better. It is the vocals that she has, or are, are those is that auto tune, or, yes. or some variate or synthesize? Is that the same thing? Yeah, it's a, it's it's all kind of the same thing. Yeah. Okay. I I wonder if that's kind of. I'd have to probably be listening to the song again, but I, I'm not sure I want a synthesized James Bond song. I don't know. Well, I'd have to be I'm listening fine, to I'm it. Fine, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Do you, you ballpark, of course. Where do you rank the song as a whole? Do you think it's one of the best, one of the worst, middle? It's should never exist. Um, how many? Let's see. How many movies are there? Twenty six. About to be twenty six. Twenty six. Um, yeah. Easily top ten. Okay. Possibly top five. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think we're going to do a, a later episode where we go through all of the songs and rank them. I, I would, I'd be down for that. That, that, that think, sounds very fun. And we can just play the clips as we go. Yep. Or play some of it. Okay. All right. Um, one add on I'll say, and I don't know if you noticed this or if you cared or, or if it didn't matter or what. Um, I enjoyed the little, snippet moments that i caught there were at least two where they correct me on the on the wording i don't know if it's right where they remixed the bond the bond tune the they they inserted that in a few scenes where he's just kind of walking or he's traveling to somewhere or mm-hmm. sneaking around you hear it real quietly in the background and it's a little different like whatever they yeah yeah like that's that's the sign of a good sound per like <clears throat> sound, sound guy because mm-hmm. uh, like, composer is the word i'm looking for because there we go you know we, we've seen in a lot of these movies the sound is just non-existent we've seen sound that shouldn't be there or you know uh, like the full-on uh when he's doing something that is real mundane, like right, yeah, they just played the sound, yeah, yeah. If if you're able to take the existing Bond noises <clears throat> and, and morph them to to fit what's happening on screen, like you need a big fucking paycheck because that's what you're there for. Yeah, yeah. And while you were saying that, it makes me think of like when he's in Havana and all. They they do that's what prompted it with a uh while he is again while he's sneaking around they play the bond tune in a with a hispanic or latin tone to it like mm-hmm. either some other 
accompanying sound or instrument or whatever that so it's a spanish sounding bond theme just right, a little bit but it's still the same song though right yeah and, and i'm yeah. agreeing with you that that's yeah. that's good work i very much agree with you. that's very good work on the composer's part makes it part of the scene it's a bond thing he's in cuba you know it it really helps to make the scene a little bit i completely agree yeah all right, well, let's move on to the opposite of agreement, uh, Kills. Kills. So so Bond was quite murdery <laughs> uh, in, in, in this movie. Uh, I personally counted 25. Oh, okay. Uh, now that I check the, the kill count, it was 31. Okay. Real, real close. Do you, do you know where, where did he, where did his murder spike? <laughs> Because I'm sure there's that there's that time where it's like, oh, one, two, three, one more, five, six. But then there's that scene. Yeah, but then there's that scene where it's like nine to twenty seven in like a moment. Uh, If I remember correctly, it was act three. Is it is is it when he's escaping the the ice fortress and all that? Yeah. Okay. Or no, oh, no, the airship or, or, or fucking plane, whatever it was. That I think maybe, the, I wonder how they counted that, like in, when he shoots out the window. Oh, yeah. And that's so fucking ludicrous to me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even talking about the science or any of that. I'm just saying, fucking Bond, man. He's like <laughs> the only person who would say, you know what I'm going to do? When I get in this room, I'm going to shoot out the fucking window of the plane. That'll save the day. <laughs> That'll give me that bond edge they don't know how to do. Like, what in the world? I'll give this movie a little credit. They really do paint Bond, at least to some degree, maybe not crazily, but to some degree that he has that thing about him, his behavior, his his tactics, his strategies, whatever. Yeah. Right. That that's why he's successful. And I'm kind of with it. I like that sort of analysis of the analysis of the character. I can't analysis. This is the analysis of the character where mm-hmm. why do other agents fail? Why do other, why are other agents not as successful? This, that, or the other, it is because albeit, you know, we're going to ignore plot contrivances, conveniences, bullshit, all this stuff for just a second. It is because he'll do this wild ass shit. That <laughs> he's a wild card, man. He is the wild card of sorts. He really is like some alternate version of Master Chief's Chief, as I've said before, where Master Chief is a really lucky character. Bond equally is lucky, but he is also just insanely willing and clever to do just the wildest things. Yeah, yeah, he and he's, wins the day for it. He, like he's he's just like a dick swinging cowboy man. That's all he is. <laughs> Innovative. It, maybe that's the word I was looking for, but just something like that. Again, saying who else is going to shoot out the ma- a window of the plane to kill everyone in the room? He's uh he's 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 very precise in his recklessness. Maybe that's a really good way to put it. He he is controlled chaos controlled oh that fantastic (laughs) 
All right. Well, let's move on to more controlled things. I couldn't think of a good one. Sorry. <laughs> Rankings. Well, I, I do need to mention he he betted two women. Oh right, sorry. Well, the, yeah, yeah. The, the top, yeah, top thing, yeah, 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 which, yeah. Which is that's kind of his. Uh, that's, that's the other thing. He kills people and beds women. Yes, and uh, typically it's two of them. I, I, you know, that does sound about right. That sounds about like the average. Beds uh, a good, the good girl and the bad girl. Yeah, yeah. So, there was one that he had three. I think there was one or two where he had one, but typically it's two. Mm. Okay. Uh, let's one, rank this motherfucker. Well, actually, one last thing. Talk about ranking for just a, another moment. I, I find this to be a little more unique, even though the Daniel Craig movies. I wanted to talk about Q and John Cleese for just a second. Yeah. Because, granted, they have the original Q, all the other movies. Then these Daniel Craig movies come through, and they have a new Q. And he's also not the original Q. But I don't I, know. It still feels just different enough where John Cleese is this really unique bubble where I kind of accept the new cue that comes in later, the younger one. Mm-hmm. But then this John Cleese, I'm like, hmm, I don't know, because he did. Fo- he is the immediate follow up to uh, Llewellyn. I, f- I always forget Q's name at this point. Yeah. Um, So maybe, you know, he's the rebound girl of Q, so. <laughs> Those don't ever last, but the second one might. So what what did you think of John Cleese and the Q scene with him? Uh, I loved it. John Cleese, at that point in his career, was so overqualified to play <laughs> Q. <laughs> That's probably true. Like, like you, you're, you're basically asking Hank Aaron to come in and, and, and be a pinch hitter. Like... <laughs> It was perfect. It was fucking perfect. It is. It was a pretty good scene. Yeah. I I did enjoy the, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't pause to really pay that much attention, just a glance of the scene when they showed the jet pack from uh, Thunderball. Yeah. I thought that was a neat little there, Easter egg thing. They were a, that, that whole room was full of Easter eggs. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he goes down into like, this is where old stuff gets buried or whatever he says. Yeah. That's what that whole room is. Okay. I, I didn't pay attention to the whole room. I just remember the jetpack for a second. Um, yeah. and 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 that might have been kind of a a silent homage to the original Q. It's like here's all the shit maybe. he did. You know. Yeah, maybe so. I'll have to go back and look at that scene. Uh, I didn't think of it that way. But but yeah, it that was it was the Q scene. This was was fucking wonderful. It was wonderful. My my last complaint because this 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 scene helps contextualize something I was thinking that I'm going to say about Bond and his deus exness. Mm-hmm. So he gets the car and he does this cute little thing with the machine guns, the Uzis and destroys the manual. And I get that Bond is just so fucking good at everything he does. It doesn't matter, but I don't know why it caught me this time. Him driving that car, the invisible car and using all multiple gadgets right he's not just using one he's uh-huh. doing a bunch of shit he just knows where everything is and how to use everything perfectly <laughs> and we both know he didn't read that manual there's no way he could have oh shut up reed and i'm so 
<laughs> I was slightly perturbed. I was like, how does he know that's where the missile button is? How does he know that's not the oil slick? How does he know that? Because he's oh just God. hitting buttons and going. He isn't looking at shit. <laughs> shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> well, ah. I, I had a bigger issue with that invisible car in that they put an invisible car into the movie where there's snow everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not even useful. Yeah. Like, I, an invisible car is, like, super useful if you're on, like, concrete, where you're not leaving a trail everywhere you go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought that while I was watching the movie in the scene where he's sneaking around the facility in the car, and he just gets in and starts driving around it. Mm-hmm. And all I think is, I guess it's really fucking good nobody's at a 90-degree angle to you. On the building or something, because yeah. anybody at eye level with you might not ever see the tracks, or at least take longer to see them. If anybody's in a fucking crow's nest, you're fucking done, dude. What do you? <laughs> what is this bullshit? Uh, and 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 the gag where the the other person drove a car into his invisible car. Oh God, I you know I really despite me saying that that's real fucking stupid and I don't like it. It's actually pretty funny. It was, I fucking it was loved good. it. Yeah, I it's, loved it. It's really good, especially like, if you look at the movie like it's self-aware and all. Yeah, like they they absolutely deserved that <laughs> shit for putting an invisible car in that movie. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sergio, rattle us off these here rankings and let's get this this boy on this list. Here we go. From seventeen to one. Number 17, From Russia With Love, and then Dr. No, The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Quantum of Solace, Thunderball, The World Is Not Enough, Live and Let Die, The Living Daylights, Tomorrow Never Dies, License to Kill, <clears throat> Goldfinger, Casino Royale, Goldeneye, The Man with the Golden Gun, and Skyfall. Man, I keep seeing the man with the golden gun up there, and it's just so ridiculous that it's in that spot to me now. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's insane. It's there. Fucking, it's, it 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 should be up there. Um. Okay. Okay. So, I'm, uh, first, let me look and, and find where these Brosnan movies are. So we have a Brosnan movie at four, not four, at three, uh huh, seven, and ten. And you know what? It's a good thing number ten is where it is because that's that's looking kind of hot. That that thirteen to eleven range. Thirteen to eleven. Somewhere in there is looking kind of hot. It's better than Moonraker. This movie is better than Moonraker because that movie is a bunch of nonsense mm-hmm. to me. I don't know if it's better than On Her Majesty's or not. I think it's not better than Quantum of Solace though. Maybe. I actually want to put it at number 11. Like, I want to put it above Thunderball. Hmm. Those water scenes really are boring. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh. All right. Give, give me give me one final argument. Why? 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 Why should it be above Thunderball specifically or, or 
above these movies? Specific. Well, well I'm, whichever one you want. I'm going to say I'm going to just play the Halle Berry card again. I don't. Okay, where where is she particularly good? I know I know you said she's the badass Bond girl that's actually kind of badass. Mm-hmm. But give, give me give me give me give me a scene where she where she sold you. It's like all right, Halle Berry. Okay. <laughs> tell tell me the scene where she sold you that does not involve her being attractive. Physically. Um, shit. The, the the not the opening scene, but the first action scene she was in. Remind me what that was again, because I'm actually oh with the doctor. Uh huh. Remember where she shoots him? Okay. Yeah, like I, I'm very surprised that because she, cause she li- li- like leapt off screen for me, like. Most of these Bond girls are completely forgettable and at best eye candy, but like she mm-hmm. helped the plot move along. She was an equal to James Bond until she was conveniently written out of act three mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. She, she does get kind of redeemed fighting. Uh, yeah. Frost. Yeah, and, and and then she uh, yes, then there's the whole fight scene with Frost, and she's a fucking stunner. Like it was it was peak Halle Berry, is what we got in that. Like her her acting and her her role in this movie is probably what got her cast as Catwoman. I don't know if that's a plus or minus. <laughs> I don't know either, but. I can I can see someone in Hollywood seeing this movie and saying she needs to front an action movie today. Mm-hmm. <sighs> As a side question, while I deliberate this in my head, if I can stomach what you're asking. <laughs> and so maybe this is more of our age. That's really it. It's because off the top of my head, I think of any other Bond woman. And this is what I mean by age. Most of these other Bond women up to this point, you know, I don't I don't know who these actresses are. At all, that's true, you know, and I, so I don't know if the actress was just a model Were they a good actress themselves. I don't know any I don't have any of that context. Maybe I should get that. But either way, I don't have it. Uh, well, most of the actresses that were Bond women in, in like the 80s and 70s they literally were just on screen to be pretty. And I, and right. That's kind of how it all comes off to me. I'll, yeah. I'll give, I'll tell you that. Yeah. It all comes off that way. Like the, the, there, there's a few uh, actresses that did stand, like did end up going on to do more acting like and actual okay. yeah, good stuff. Uh, like the one that jumps off the page for me is, or jumps off the list is the, is a uh, Dr. Quinn medicine woman. What the hell was her name? Oh Lord. I don't know. Shit, was it? Was she in Live and Let Die? Was it Live and Let Die? Was that it? I I don't know. The one that jumps off to me that might have her own acting career was the woman who played Pussy Galore. Like, mm, I don't know about all that. I I thought she was all right. Like maybe not. Jane Seymour, that's the one. Uh, which one was she in? She was in Live and Let Die. Okay. Yeah. She, so she was the blonde girl. She uh, was no. solitaire. No, okay, yeah, 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 no, 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 sorry, sorry. I was thinking The Living Daylights. Okay. Yeah, I still felt, and maybe this is just the movie doing it, to be fair. She felt like she was just an object the whole time to me in that movie. 
And she, she, oh yeah, she definitely was. But, but when it comes to like, she ends up being, you know, a respected actress later in her career. Okay. That that's fair to say that. So was Halle, Halle Berry was a respected actress before this movie, right? Correct. Okay. So maybe that's, maybe that's what I'm looking for when I say, when I ask that question. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like, you know, giving her, action sequences and fights and stuff in this one it, it it's either a conscious effort to try to draw in a female crowd or it's mm-hmm. feeding into a completely different uh like we need to please these guys with something that we, a modern man wants and that's a strong woman mm-hmm. you know it's it's one of those two things i don't know which one because like because when you look at the movie poster of this movie like Halle Berry's big she's a big on that yeah you know you're very right she's right there like she's on the cover of this pretty good uh I I would be interested to see proportionately compared to the the other Brosnan movies but she is she's got a big spot on there um who is the girl from Goldeneye not the Natalia Sinova the Xenia on the top um that's a uh, Jean Grey actress Mila Jovovich yeah. no no yeah, no that's no. that's Resident Evil Tomka Jansen yeah she went on to have some some success yeah yeah and and a lot of that was because she was in a Bond movie right so yeah still different though than than Halle Berry Halle Berry came in with some stuff first right <sighs> do, do you have a second spot you'd like it <laughs> just Asking for a friend. Um, would you go one under it? So could under it be, Thunderball? Could it, yeah. Could it be twelve? Is how is how? Why is Thunderball better? I just, you know what? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna level with you. I. It's an intuition thing. It's just <laughs> a gut feeling that that Thunderball is a better movie than Die Another Day is. And, and if that's not good enough for you, then I guess we'll put Down to the Day at 11. And I'll just, because I really don't have a good argument. I just have a feeling of thinking it's better. I, well, we, we we punished Thunderball a, a lot uh, because of its final big action sequence that was underwater. And it deserved it. Like, I'm not going to take any of that back. And I feel like we should punish it more. <laughs> Because it was so bo- like that action sequence was boring as fuck, e- even by 70s standards or 60s standards or whatever the hell it was. Reed, we have another chance to punish Thunderball. Continue. Yeah, let's put this ridiculous fucking ice hotel action sequence that somehow has a car in it. Like you, I don't know. I just see this as like every Bond movie f- going forward is gonna make you're gonna make sure it's above Thunderball. <laughs> No, we put Moonraker below Thunderball. <clears throat> it knows what it did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if if, if, if I, I absolutely have to put it below Thunderball, fine. I'm just no, saying. No, I, I, I would right. rather watch this movie. And I kind of, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I, I kind of would rather watch. I'll, I would watch two thirds of this movie again for sure. Yeah, and and be happier than I would watching. The two thirds of Thunderball I saw because the water sequences are so so bad to me. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Begrudgingly, I'm going to do and say it and want that word put in the notes. Begrudgingly. <laughs> uh, looks like Die Another Day is at number 11. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want to litigate what the best Brosnan movie is because that's a boring fucking discussion. But I don't know if there's really anything that keeps it below the world is not enough. Except our complete uh, indifference in where it goes higher than Thunderball. <laughs> oh, you, you don't know if God of the Day is better or worse than the world yeah. is not enough? Yeah, it, like it's one of those things that I think we could talk our way into moving it higher up the list, but the movie doesn't deserve the conversation. Yeah, I I agree with the last thing you said in and of itself. I don't think you could convince me it's better than the world is not enough, though. Okay. I don't I don't think you could because at least the world is not enough. And okay, here's here's a moment I would like very last note of this movie I would like to take that really actually just and and this made me think of it just sucked something out of this movie so that could have been so neat to me drop all this icarus bullshit and do this where so the reason why uh release die another day isn't over the world is not enough is because it's a very person it's a good personal story to me or it's good enough Mm -hmm. right I, i like the dynamic between bond and Electra and Electra and her father and Electra to MI6. I, I, I like that. I enjoy that narrative. Okay. Die Another Day has a moment, has some moments where Bond, I mean, one Bond is captured and tortured for months and they seem to do next to nothing with it other than gives him fuel to go after the guy as revenge. So there's not much mental problems that stem from it but he's bond is bothered by this like he he's betrayed people he betrayed me this is what got me caught like there's this dynamic of that could be a personal story and it's just nothing it it, it's used as a plot i'm gonna call it this for not knowing better it's used as a plot device just to kind of push certain things along but then ultimately nothing comes of those statements of those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. He, you could strip that all away and bond is still going to go after this guy with the same zeal. Mostly not as, all right, I'll slide that back a little bit. No, 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 don't do that. Don't slide that back. Cause what you said was right. Okay. Like I do think he'd go after him regardless and it'd be pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. They, they put him through this this whole torture shit at the beginning of the movie, and ultimately it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I'll, at the very least, I'll agree. With, I would say that that is in there, and it mean and it seems to mean nothing. The whole torture concept that yeah. that happened to him, and they use it for about five seconds, and then goes away and doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, and and they put a ridiculous wig on him. It's yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a I don't want to say trope. It's not a trope, but it's 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 like a fantastically bad. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Um, what specific thing? His it, like the, his whole being captured for 18 months. Like it's a cliche. Is, 
Yeah, maybe cliche or just a really good setup tool. Yeah. Because it does give him means to or means gives him reason to go after this guy, gives him means to go off the grid from MI six, so he's not so they're not uh culpable culpable? I can't culpable. Culpable, thank you. So they're not culpable. Like it does give the it sets up these certain narrative tools that they can use to tell the story. But again, the yeah, just the torture doesn't mean anything other than that. It's just and it it doesn't even mean like it doesn't even mean that. Because ultimately, as you said, he would have done it done it anyway. Yeah, he would have gone after the guy anyway. He would have done it within government channels or whatever, right? But yeah, he's still gonna go to Cuba and look up and investigate. I don't even remember why he went to Cuba specifically now. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. Yeah. Uh -uh. This could have been a little more of a personal movie than it was. And and that's probably why it would never go above the world is not enough for me. Because that movie was and maybe it's not the best personal story of these movies, but it's it's good enough to me and I like it enough. Okay. All right. I enjoy it. That's fair. All right, Sergio, we're all our list is done. And, you know, as as always, thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by and, and and being being my buddy and talking about stuff. (laughs) <laughs> you're welcome our list is not done we still oh, have to add what like six more movies to it i yeah, we'll get to that five seven more movies what which one's next oh which one is next would it be uh specter is that it uh, it's we up wait? to you we, we we skipped specter because i think we're we gonna make that the last one before we watch no time to die right okay so then we would jump back to sean connery Sean Connery. Ooh, I don't remember what the next one of that was. It's Diamonds Are Forever or You Only Live Twice, I think. It's one of those. I'm pretty sure it's You Only Live Twice, but I'm going to double check. Uh, The last Sean Connery one we watched was Thunderball. It's Uh You Only Live Twice. Okay. I believe this is the Asian one. Very Asian. (laughs) The, The first time that it's very uh well it's a dumb way to put it it's a very asian centric movie if i remember but maybe it's just the way it starts off you know we'll find out when we watch it and come back and talk about it yeah yeah all right well any any final things or plugins there sergio uh n- not really uh, listen to reality breached we've got a a really fun third uh, t- t- 10th anniversary episode coming up soon uh, it, actually, it might already be released when this is out. I don't know when I'm putting these on the server. Um, and uh, check out the the Comic Con stuff that we're, we're we're posting. And and also Shellheads. Shellheads is always a thing. Yeah, got got to mention that Shellheads. If you get a chance, guys, check out the Black Pocket Podcast with Robert Morris and his friends. And is the is the Dead Scene Kids? Are they still around? They're still they're still around. They're they're kind of on a hiatus right now, but but they they have a a library of of episodes to to, to check out. Ah, oh, I see. Okay, and also the discussing network is always a treat to listen to because Clarence Brown is on there and he has good dulcet tones. So we love thanks. Clarence Brown. Yeah, we love we love Clarence Brown over here and. 
anything and everything he does for us, which I think at this point it's more obligatory for me to say that than I don't know what he actually does or not anymore. I need to check up on that. That's that's fucking funny. But thanks so much, Clarence, for just <laughs> being Clarence. All right, guys, thanks so much again for coming by and listening to us and letting us brighten your day, maybe? Then that's it. That's where you're ending it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll just do that. Tape, okay. let tape roll. Debriefing and cocktail. You are listening to Keep the Hip, Do Not, and Break Up Rock. For adventure, your traveling companions are fellow fans of Doctor Who. That's right, it's the podcast Discussing Who, exploring the worlds of Doctor Who, past, present, and future. Find out more at discussingwho.com. Discussing Who.